Good morning, Calvary. How are you this morning? Let's try that again. How are you this morning? Yeah, there you are. There you are. Okay. Well, I just, before I come up here, I just really felt, you know, we are so blessed here at Calvary. We have just an incredible staff. Our pastors are phenomenal. And I just want to, if you see them around, uh, Pastor Carolyn up here doing announcements. Actually, by the way, I think it's her birthday tomorrow as well. So you can wish her happy birthday. And Pastor Cheryl has a big birthday this weekend too. So there's some beautiful celebrations to happen. Make sure you wish them happy birthday. But I just want to publicly say we just have an incredible staff. Our tech team, everybody back here, you guys have to know that this church is so, so blessed. And when you see them, please go out of your way to let them know how appreciated they are. Encourage them, love on them, just thank them for all that they do. Because without them, this wouldn't happen. Amen? We just have an incredible team. And I want to thank Oscar, our guest worship leader with us this morning. Pastor Josue is ministering. Some, I don't even know what country he's in, but he's doing amazing things for Jesus in another country <laughs> this weekend. So Oscar was filling in. We have a fabulous team there. And my amazing husband is on campus this morning. He's preaching in Calvary Espanol. So there's just a lot of things going on. Amen? Yes. How many of you are ready for the word today? Yes. You ready for the word? You know, the Word of God is powerful, it's life-transforming, it changes us. The Bible says that the Word of God is living, and it is active, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. So when you hear the Word of God, it's not, just not empty words, and it's just not a story on a page of paper. It actually is life-transformational. It is God's Word speaking to us. So how we receive it makes a difference. So when you hear the Word of God, if you're ready to receive it, and you know that it can change your life, one word from God can change your life. Amen. So you don't have to leave here the same way you came in this morning. Can I get an amen? amen. We, we're in a series called Engage. How many of you were here last week? Ooh, I see hands. How many of you remember? What did we talk about last week in church? Ooh, a couple of you got it. What did we talk about last week? Spiritual warfare. That's right. Amen. How many of you know that that was a powerful, powerful message? Amen. We, we, the Bible is very clear that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but there is a spiritual realm that's very, very real. And it's important to understand that spiritual warfare does exist. But it was interesting because following the service last Sunday, I had a conversation with just an incredible young woman that she was crying out. She loves Jesus very much. And she said, Pastor Maria, she's like, how do you do this? How do you, how do you engage in spiritual warfare? What does that look like? And so it was a confirmation of the direction that I knew that we were going to take this service this today, this morning. Um, and so we're going to continue that conversation and go a little bit further. But before we begin, I have a story to read you. Are you excited to hear a story? Yes? Did you know that you came to church this morning for story time? I mean, it should take you back to children's church a little bit, right? No, but I'm going to read you just a story. So just go ahead and get a little cozy in your chair. Sit back, relax. I'm going to read a story. It's going to take a couple of minutes. Let's see if I can get all set up. Look, I'm even sitting down. When was the last time you sat? Maybe at the library or elementary school? Had somebody read you a story? Do you feel all kind of cozy? Take you back a little bit? Yes? No? Okay, I'm going to read it anyway. All right. It's a little bit longer, but I, I want you to listen. I think it will set us up real well for today. I followed a life 
a human life. No, not in a weird way. I studied, observed, watched, and I learned. I learned from a distance. It was exciting. From the moment I began to observe, I was hooked. It was intriguing. The life I observed was powerful, often discreet and somewhat unassuming. What stood out? The power that was packed inside of this human being was ginormous. This unassuming individual was carrying around authority and power that was enough to move the tallest mountain, bring the dead to life, and yet gentle enough to paint a smile on the face of a sleeping child. The genuine love, kindness, sincerity, and authenticity with which this amazing life lived was captivating. And yet I observed so many moments that made me know the master was deeply involved, leading, guiding, and aiding this human in their everyday life. He absolutely had to be. He had given them special gifts and sent them the helper. It was obvious. This person even seemed to carry this special gift with them wherever they went. Captivated? Yes. I was captivated. I was compelled to continue to watch. Oh, how I wanted to watch and see how this life, this human life carrying these special gifts would interact with the world around it. I couldn't quite figure it all out. There were millions of them on the planet, but what was special about this one? Why was this one chosen to carry these giftings and special abilities? I honestly wasn't sure, but I was determined to figure it out. There had to be an answer somewhere. I continued to watch. I noticed that there just seemed to be peace wherever this human went. I couldn't help but recognize that wherever they went, situations improved, needs were met, people always felt loved, seen, cared for, and others were drawn to them. They were sought after for words of advice and often asked for prayer. Many times I witnessed this human pray a simple prayer and then somehow know important information on behalf of the one they were caring for. This information was so special and impactful that when spoken, it often brought immense freedom, healing, and restoration to the life of the other. It reminded me of the master. Many times this human showed up at someone's home or workplace with an answer to prayer, the exact finances needed to pay someone's bill, an impactful gift, or simply a powerful word of encouragement. And it always seemed to be at the exact right time. I knew the master had to be directing and guiding every step. I couldn't take my eyes away. This human was quite literally leaving a path of freedom and life change wherever they went. I saw miracles, healings, and deliverance happen randomly through the ministry of their life. I saw one person who was sick with no hope from the doctors suddenly have a brand new heart. Another person with only one failing kidney left now has two perfectly functioning kidneys. I saw women unable to conceive children holding their beloved answers to prayer. I saw individuals raised up out of wheelchairs and even an individual raised from the dead. I saw one young girl tormented by an evil spirit set free and in her right mind full of joy and happiness. What I saw was transformational. But the question came again, why her? Why this human? What's so special and unique about this one? I began to realize it was in her connection to that name. You know that really special one? The one so powerful that it calls every need to bow in awe and submission? She was always using the name of Jesus. But she didn't just say his name. There was something more. She belonged to him. You could tell that she was his. She belonged to the master. 
She heard his voice, she followed his leading, and she exuded his characteristics. She was fully submitted to him. She engaged with the one he sent to help her on a daily basis. She knew his voice clearly, and it was her desire never to follow the voice of another. Honestly, it was beautiful to watch. As the days passed, I began to share the story of my amazing human with those around me. What I observed was noteworthy, and others needed to know. I told them about her, the miracles and great works I had seen. I talked about the impact her life had made. I shared about the message she lived and her submission to the master. After all, that was truly what he had commissioned her to accomplish. She was doing just that. And as I shared the story of my human, the story of another human was shared with me. I was surprised at the hear that there was another life having such great impact in the world. Their story was similar yet different, but I listened intently and I learned of a story of a human seated in a boardroom who would rely on the wisdom of the helper to make decisions, solve problems, and then to be an amazing dad. I found out this human used that same name. He prayed in the name of Jesus. He prayed in the boardroom, and then he prayed in the home. His children heard him, and when he prayed, there was peace settled throughout the life of his family. Miracles happened for his family, and he lived as if the world was not sitting on his shoulders. He had an uncommon freedom without the fear of having to live up to an unreachable standard. He was different than the others working in that same arena. He stood out. He was sought after for wisdom and solutions, and he trusted the voice of the helper with great faith. Well, when I was just beginning to celebrate the life of that human, I heard yet another story. This story was of a doctor who relied on the helper to give him wisdom in his operating room and save lives. I was yet again intrigued and wanted to hear more about this one, but before I could learn more, I began to hear even more stories. So many stories. They just kept coming. I heard stories of lawyers, teachers, stay-at-home moms and dads, senators, creative directors, single parents, widows, students, and even children. There were so many. I couldn't keep up. The stories were great. They were powerful. They all saw life, they all saw life impact and life change. It was miracle after miracle and healing after healing. So much transformation and life changed that the atmosphere of the earth began to shift. The world was greatly affected, and the amount of these extraordinary humans continued to increase at rapid numbers day by day. They were truly changing the world. And you know what they all had in common? They knew the helper well. They relied on the gifts the helper would bring into their life to live out the great commission given to them by their master. They knew they didn't have to live from their own human strength, they had a helper, one that would add his super to their natural and cause great freedom and change. And you know what else? They all used that name. They used the name of Jesus. And they didn't just say his name. Just like the first human I watched and observed, they each belonged to him. They were submitted to him and they loved him. And you know what? I found out who they were or who they are. They are the redeemed ones. They are the ones that said yes to his incomparable gift of grace. I found the answer to my question. They are the most special and highly loved. They belong to the king. They are his. So I hope this begins to paint a picture for you. I actually wrote that story um, 
you know, kind of in a fun way, maybe from the viewpoint of an angel. I'm not saying that that's theologically correct how all of that came down, but <laughs> hopefully you can understand the impact that that made to have a vision of the body of Christ, the way that they're living their life and having impact on the world around them. You see, when we talk about spiritual warfare or we begin to bring things up like spiritual gifts and operating in spiritual things because we are spiritual people, so many times we begin to count ourselves out. Or we say that God can't use me in that way because maybe I'm not called to be in full-time ministry or I'm not like this person or the enemy's really good at telling us why God could never use us in those kind of capacities. And so we just stop even listening for his voice or even listening to what he's saying for us to do because we just don't believe that he could use us in any capacity at all. But when you understand how God has designed it, the tools that he's given us and how he's created you to go and live your life with the help of the Holy Spirit and to engage with the Holy Spirit and what that looks like in your life, and you begin to realize that he wants to use you now in your everyday life in great ways to create great change. And when we all do what God's calling us to do, the ripple effect that begins to happen is amazing. You are anointed, you are called by God, and there are great things in store for you to do. And I'm here this morning to remind us of a few things that, the God, that God has equipped us with that we can oftentimes forget or believe a lie because we're called to do amazing things. And the devil has for far too long made us to believe that we are less than or our whole job of existing on the planet is to do just that, just to exist and wait until we get to heaven. But my friend, that's not why you're here. That's not your job is just to exist and to survive until you get to heaven. There is this thing called the Great Commission <laughs> that happened. Amen? I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to open up this part of my notes here. There is this thing called the Great Commission. The one that I'm going to read to you, the version is in Mark chapter 16, and it's verses 15 through 18. It says this, and then, and this is Jesus speaking, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Some translations say, go and make disciples of all nations. That's a pretty tall order. There are things that we're supposed to do. So how can we believe the lie that would say that we're just supposed to be here and exist until we get to heaven? There is a job that we're commissioned to do. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. But so many times we count ourselves out and the enemy would love for that to happen. So there's one thing that I want to, I'm kind of moving my notes around here because I want to jump over to one part of them. And I want to remind us of something. And it was so neat to hear the worship this morning talking about the blood of Jesus. And I want to remind us this morning of the power of the name of Jesus. 
Listen, so many times churches have almost even stopped using his name. Believers, we've stopped using the name of Jesus. Listen, there is no higher name. It is the name above all names. And the Bible is very clear that at that name, every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And even in the reading that I just did in the Great Commission that I just told you in Mark, it says, um, and go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone and anyone who believes. But if anyone refuses, okay, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in what? in my name, and they will speak in new languages. The name of Jesus, he gave us his name to use. And I just felt so compelled this morning just to remind us to use the name of Jesus. It is powerful. There, no, it is powerful. It is powerful many times. Even, you know, there's so many times I was reading, you know, stories when people didn't even know what to say. They just begin to say and use the name of Jesus, right? Amen. Just speaking the name of Jesus into situations. Jesus, um, well, let me read a couple of scriptures for you. I'm getting ahead of myself. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. John 14, 12 through, 12 through 14 says this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name. I will do it. He repeated it twice. He's telling you, use his name. And then in John 16, verses 23 through 24, this is Jesus talking to his disciples and he says, and at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. This is Jesus telling his disciples, look, this is new. You haven't used my name before. You haven't gone about it this way before. He's telling but now you're going to use my name. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Why is the name of Jesus so powerful? Because he, he is the he's God, but then when he died on the cross, he paid for all of our sins. Amen? And we get to stand in him, in his name. We are the redeemed ones. He is, we are his sons. We are his daughters. He's brought us into right standing with him. Praise God. It's nothing that we earn. It's nothing that we could ever say because of this, I'm good enough. It's his name that he's given us to use. It's his authority. So when you're dealing with things in spiritual warfare, man, my friends, don't just say go. Say in the name of Jesus, go. You're not going because I have so much amazing whatever in and of myself, but you have to move. I'm just going to declare the name of Jesus for a little bit and speak his name. So that was the first thing I wanted to bring up. I encourage you, if you haven't, just use his name. Jesus. 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 There's so many times as a little girl, I remember um, even laying in my bed at night. And then, you know, if just scary dreams, whatever. But I'm so grateful that I was taught as a little girl to just speak the name of Jesus. Because even in my bed at night, when fear would try to come, I remember that I would just say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it would just, the atmosphere would shift because 
It can't stay the same when, G when we speak the name of Jesus. Amen? But now I want to talk just a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. In Romans chapter 6, verses 10 through 11, it says this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Can we just pause for a second? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Just think about that for a second. Just, just think about that for a second because we talk about it all the time. I know I talk about it all the time, but maybe we need to hear it all the time. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. have to send that, send the Holy Spirit as a helper. He didn't have to say, you know, I just think of the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. You can read those first few, few chapters in the book of Acts. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they'd never experienced that kind of an encounter with the presence of God. I mean, they were, the apostles walked and talked with Jesus, only a select few. They got to see Jesus operate in that manner, but they never experienced this, this, this ability on their life and this infilling of the Holy Spirit, how incredible it, that was. It was transformational. And they were going to go out and fulfill the Great Commission. And in order to go and fulfill the Great Commission, Jesus said, wait, you have to wait because you can't do it in your own strength. You have to wait for the helper to come. And when, the, when he comes, amen, then you can go and do all the things that I've called you to do. But they had to go and wait for this supernatural power, this Holy Spirit to come upon them. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says this, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. It is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. I love that because sometimes we just think that we can just sit and talk about the Bible all day long, which is powerful, or just sit and talk and just whatever. But it's living by God's power. There is power in walking daily with the Lord. Amen? In our everyday life. Acts 1.8, we talked about this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So what does the Holy Spirit's power working in your life look like? And I want to talk about this just for a couple of minutes because I had people ask me that. You know, Pastor Maria, what does it look like when the Holy Spirit shows up in your life? What does it look like when he begins to work in your life? How do I know how to interact and engage with the Holy Spirit? Yes, you talk about all the time, I know that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I know that he's on the inside of me, but how, what, what does that look like? How do I know he's operating in my life? How do I know what that even looks like? Well, if you open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to look at verse 1. I'm going to read it from my Bible to you. We're going to start with verse 1, and we'll skip around just a little bit. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Okay? So he's talking about special abilities that the Spirit gives us. Verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There's different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. Verse 7, I want you to hear this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Two things I want you to hear there. It's given to each of us, and for what's, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? 
to help each other. So there's a spiritual gift given to each of us, and the purpose of it is to help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. So we know that one of the ways that the Holy Spirit shows up in our life is giving wise advice. Right? Sometimes we're looking for these huge gifts that seem to be these powerful things, but one of the ways the Holy Spirit shows up, and He deems this necessary enough to list this out in a spiritual gift that one of the ways God interacts with us is giving why, having people have the ability to give wise counsel and advice. Why do you think we need that? Well, maybe because we live in a fallen world, maybe because there's confusion out there, maybe because there's things we're called to do, but wise advice helps us live and operate um, in wisdom to know what to do, when to do, and how to do it. So one of the ways God can show up in your life and interact with you is by, if it's through wisdom. Can I get an amen? Another one. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Well, having a word of knowledge. Well, what is that special knowledge? That's knowing something, just kind of knowing something that you didn't have the ability to know without the Holy Spirit downloading it to you. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been praying and all of a sudden you just knew something? And it's, it's not that you got that information from anywhere else, but just the Holy Spirit downloaded it. You know, it's interesting because even talking about spiritual gifts, I'm probably getting ahead of myself here. I often, I discounted myself from being able to engage with the Holy Spirit and have words of knowledge and, and words of wisdom and all of these different things because I thought that I would have to hear an audible voice there was going to have to be some big moments, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So I thought there's, I'm, not, I'm not operating the gifts of the Spirit because I've not heard this audible, earth-shaking voice. Because surely that's how God does these things. And then I realized the more that I spent time with Him, all of a sudden I just kind of knew something and realized, wait a minute, that is the Holy Spirit interacting with me. He's letting me know something for the purpose of either helping somebody else or directing my steps. Can I get an amen? We're going to talk a little bit more about that. So Holy Spirit shows up in our, in our lives in very practical ways that way. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. Gifts of faith. Now we live by faith as believers. Can I get an amen? We don't live by our emotions. We don't live by what we feel or even by what we see, right? We, we're saved by faith. This is what the Bible says. But there's, the Holy Spirit can show up in these moments. And it, there are people that have the gift of faith in their life. What is that for? That is moments of great faith, great trust in the Word of God so that they can go and do great exploits. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, it's God's hall of fame. And every person in there that's listed, you can go through it, it says, by faith Noah, by faith Moses, by faith Abraham. They did great exploits for the kingdom of God and doing what God called them to do, but they did it by faith. There's moments of great faith. So the Holy Spirit can show up in your life and just help increase that faith for you to go and do what God's called you to do. Can I get an amen? It's exciting. Listen, I love this because I'm realizing I don't have to do this in my own flesh. This is how God, this is how his super comes on our natural. These are moments that we can see. Now, yes, these are spiritual gifts that individuals have maybe one big moment, like, or, or they're different offices that people will operate in. But guess what? This is who the Holy Spirit is. And if you read the Great Commission, all of us are, ca are called to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. All of us are called to go and make disciples. So even some of these gifts that, yes, may be more prevalent on specific individuals, we all are able to tap in and use 
the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us as we need them. Amen? So get excited about hearing this. Don't let the enemy discount you and say, well, you don't have that spiritual gift. My friend, you may not have that one specific gift or office that can come upon an individual for a lifetime or a specific ministry, but you have the capacity to tap into the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you and use what's needed for where you're at when you're there. Amen? So get excited. This is how the Holy Spirit, He's giving you a window. This is, these are His gift scenes. This is how He operates in our life. You can expect to see the Holy Spirit active in your life. He's not dormant on the inside of you. He's not dormant. The Holy Spirit has never been dormant. He will never be dormant. He's alive and active on the inside of you. We just have to begin to tune our ear and begin to see. You can expect to see God show up in your life in these ways. This is why we talk about it. This is why we talk about using the name of Jesus, because you're going to need to use the name of Jesus. You know why you have to use the name of Jesus? When you go into your home and you see your child being tormented, you need to use the name of Jesus. Get that thing out of that house. You begin to plead the blood of Jesus over your house. You say, that you can't stand. You don't have authority in this house because of the name of Jesus. You go. You know why you need the name of Jesus? Because when the enemy's attacking your finances or when he's attacking your company or when he's giving mind games and there is just like an intense attack going on here, you lay hands. Well, I just lifted three different scenarios. So which, you know, whichever one, lay hands on whichever one. But you just begin to say in the name of Jesus, that stops. That stops. You begin to declare the name of Jesus over our city, over our area. No weapon formed against you, his kid, can prosper. Come on and expect to see the Holy Spirit show up in your life. Expect to see, expect to hear his voice. Expect him to talk to you. Expect him to come alongside of you. Expect. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. Miracles. What is physically impossible. He shows up. You know the story when I read the story to you about um, somebody who um, had a brand new heart? Well, I know that person. Brand new heart. All the doctor's records. Horrible heart, horrible heart, horrible heart. Praying for them one day. Didn't even touch that person. My husband was praying for them and just put his hand on the mom who was holding her hand. Nothing happened in the natural. Didn't see anything move. A couple weeks later, she came back and brought like a, a gift to say thank you. And she's like, oh, by the way, here are my scans. I have a brand new heart. And the doctors can't figure it out. There's like a brand new heart. And when I said the story about the person having, who didn't even have one good kidney, all of a sudden having two healthy kidneys, I know that one too. I know that one too. Miracles. Physically impossible. I know many women desiring to have babies that couldn't for lots of reasons. And then down the road here they are holding their miracle babies. Miracles. Miracles. You can expect to see God show up. Another, the ability to prophesy. Speaking God's words into a situation. His life into a situation. Not just telling the future. 
It's helping unlock what God has placed on the inside of somebody. Helping unlock the future, helping unlock the potential, beginning to speak God's word into their life and see that everybody has the ability to do that. Paul even says to believe God for the ability to do that. You're praying for somebody and God begins to show you something about that person. It's not to condemn them. It's not to make them look bad or whatever. Anything that God does is always to lift somebody up and to help bring out of them everything that he placed on the inside of them to begin with. Even if it is aligning, it's exciting because it means you're going from glory to glory. Amen. You can expect God to talk to you and begin. Oh, there's a stool there just in case you didn't notice. You can expect God to talk through you and to give you the words to speak and to give you what needs to be said in that moment. Amen. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or another spirit. Discerning of spirits. Thank you, Jesus, that that's in there, that we can understand if it's God or if it's not. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, and that's an actual, that's a, a gift of the Spirit. We can all speak in tongues, but this is an actual office or a specific anointing. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides what gift each person should have. Can I get an amen? amen. Given to all, it's a sample of what it looks like when he speaks to us and operates in our lives. So we can expect to have these things come in, operate in our lives. But then how do I begin to do these things? How do I begin to hear, uh, just awaken the spiritual gifts? How do I begin to engage with the Holy Spirit? I've had people ask me this question too. Pastor Maria, how do I do this? Because I, I, I have a desire. I want to know the Holy Spirit. I want to begin to practice these things. Well, it's very easy. It's, it's more practical. People don't often like the answer that I give them because it's extremely practical. Honestly, you spend time with the Holy Spirit. Because you begin to hear his voice. Start your morning every day. I encourage you to do this. Start your morning every day focused on him. Go read your Bible. Put a little bit of prayer and worship music on. Pray in tongues. The more time you spend with him, all of a sudden, you're going to start to understand his leading, his prompting. And he's going to start to kind of just maybe put something in your heart. And you'll be like, Pastor Maria, that, that seems so simple. How I don't know that that really is the Holy Spirit. It's not like this big grandiose prophetic word, but yet he wanted me, I, it feels silly, but I'm supposed to go um, give this person $5, which just doesn't seem very much, but that's just kind of what's on my heart. Well, my friend, if it is biblical and it doesn't contradict the word of God and you have an impression to do it, go do it. And then pay attention to that voice. And as you are faithful with stewarding what he starts to talk to you with, He's going to ask you to do greater. Well, I wouldn't even say greater. He'll go on to the next thing. It's really what begins to require more faith and obedience. Because he'll ask you to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You'll be praying for somebody and then you'll kind of get that same impression that the first time happened that you went and gave somebody $5 and all of a sudden they told you that they needed $5 for something and you had no idea. So you were like, wow, that must have been God. So remember that voice. Remember what that felt like. The next time you're praying for somebody and he tells you, um, you, all of a sudden you have that same voice, that same impression, and you're like, wow, I just, can I pray for your brother? Is something going on with your brother? Can I just pray for your brother? And they just look at you. And you're like, okay, that must have been God. And so then you pray for their brother, right? And you just continue to start, and you're going to see God continue to do, to wake that up and continue to grow. You're going to grow in that. Amen? 
but we just got to start. Church, we just have to start listening. Some of us in this room are like, oh, we got that, Pastor Maria, I've been doing that. I know you have, but others of us in this room, we just have to start. The Holy Spirit is talking to you. The Holy Spirit is active on the inside of you, and he will use you, and you have not been discounted because you didn't earn it in the first place. Yes, we submit to the Lord. He has my yes. It will require faith when he asks you to do things, but we need to start. We need to believe that, he, we, that we are his kids, that we've been called by his name, that we are anointed, that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that we're part of that same great commission. Amen? And we start. And you know what I think will happen? I think, just like last week when we talked about spiritual warfare, I don't know about you, maybe you experienced spiritual warfare this week. Anybody's experienced spiritual warfare this week? I'm going to put my hand up. I did. I think... This week, if you're looking for it, I think the Holy Spirit will give you an opportunity to step out and obey him and begin to see him use you in either praying for a coworker, an act of service, believing for a miracle, praying over a family member, whatever it is, I know that the Holy Spirit will, will, will have the opportunity to do that this week. And I just encourage you, would you say yes? Would you just determine today that you're going to say yes? Why? Because in that moment, our mind games can start, and we might say, no, 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 that's not God. Or you might try to talk yourself out of it. But my friend, if the body of Christ would just start to say yes, can you imagine just like that story I read you in the beginning? Can you imagine the impact, the change, the transformation if we would all say yes and listen? I don't want to raise a body of believers like that scripture said that it's just all talk and no power. You are powerful. You are carriers of the Holy Spirit. You are anointed. You are called. Let's use the name of Jesus. Let's begin to uh, know that the Holy Spirit is inside of us and he's going to move through us. He's not dormant on the inside of us. Let's expect him to talk to us. Let's expect to hear his voice. Let's expect the helper to come alongside of us. And let's, let's just be the body of Christ. Amen? We're going to start this morning. So if you could stand with me. I want to remind you um, that the Holy Spirit will never violate the fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit will never violate the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So as you begin to operate in the Spirit, you can know that it's you, the Holy Spirit will never violate love. He will never violate peace. You never violate kindness, goodness, gentleness, all of those things. 
And sometimes when we're in places and ministry, and I don't know if you've been there, but have you ever been in a service and you just, man, you can feel the Holy Spirit just begin to move on the inside and it's just like everything's just going on the inside of you, right? And it's like it's almost, it's just even a lot for our, our temple to handle. But the Bible says that, this, that, that um, the gifts are subject to the prophet, right? So, and we have self-control. So we can feel that because the Holy Spirit's so big and he's getting ready. To, there's so much, so much passion on the inside of that. But when we begin to minister, we, if it's not coming out in the fruit of the Spirit, then that's not how he operates. Does that make sense? So everything that we, the, the, the walking in the Holy Spirit, using the name of Jesus, all of it's to bring freedom and to help people and to change lives. It's always about other people. And you can watch Life of Jesus when he ministered. He always, he what, he, I mean, he embodied the fruits of the Spirit, right? So we minister to other people. And I say that because, you know, it's just a, just to make sure that we're aligned in that. And to give freedom to those of us who just need to know that you can trust when the Holy Spirit begins to move on the inside of you. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna practice this morning. I'm going to give us an opportunity to go ahead and to start just praying for somebody. Some of us haven't prayed for somebody in a really long time. There are people in this room that need miracles. They need God to show up in big, big ways. And so many of us, it's been a long time since we've actually stepped out in faith and we've laid hands on somebody and said, in the name of Jesus, and just took the authority that God has given us. We've left that to other people, whether it's just because we haven't just done it or we've believed a lie saying that we're not called to do it. But we're going to practice this morning. Can we practice? Can we step out in faith? Some of us, it's been a while since we've stepped up to be everything God's called us to be and realize that we're carriers of the Holy Spirit for a purpose, to bring life change and transformation, and that God does use you. And it's not, you're not, you're not used based on your personal qualifications. We're qualified because of Jesus. And so if we are there in a specific situation at a certain time, God's called us to do something, we're the, we're the answer. There's many times you're going to be in a place and sometimes people are like, oh, I don't have, there's not a pastor around at my workplace. No, there's not a pastor around in the workplace. You're God's hands extended. You're the one. You're his answer in that moment. Right? And it's not based on perfection or eloquence. It's based on you just stepping up and saying yes, saying I'm going to, I, yes, okay, God, it's not going to be perfect, but let's pray. I've got the whole, in the name of Jesus, Lord, just we're believing for a miracle. We just speak your healing and transformation. God would just show up in the name of Jesus. And sometimes that's as simple as it is. And God will use that and he will use you. So if you're in this room this morning and you need a miracle, you need healing, you need God just to show up in a big way in your life, would you just put your hand up in the room? I mean, my hand's up. I know we need a miracle too. Yeah, God to show up. Church, will we be the church? And keep your hand up. If there's somebody around you with their hand up, would you just please go out of your way, make sure everybody has a hand laid on them. Come around them, surround them. We're gonna pray together for our family.
let's go ahead and pray. You can pray with them right where you are. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. But I just encourage you, you know, church family, if you're not by somebody, stretch your hand out. You go across the audience and just begin to believe God. There are incredible miracles that need to happen in this room. And we're going to be the body of Christ. And we're going to believe God that he's going to show up in this moment too. We're going, to, we're going to pray and believe God for miracles. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for every person in this room, God. I thank you for, uh, you see and you know every single situation, God. You know the miracles that are needed, God. You know the breakthrough that is needed, God. You know, God, all the things that are needed, God. You know the healing, God. You see, we can't maybe see every single thing, but God, you see where they are. And right now, God, we stand up as the body of Christ and we begin to Take the authority, God, that you gave us in Jesus. And we begin to declare the name of Jesus over these situations. And God, we declare breakthrough. We declare healing. We declare miracles. God, we declare turnaround in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, God, we are the ones. God, we are your hands extended. So God, you, in the name of Jesus, God, we declare freedom, we declare healing, we declare transformation. God, we speak reconciliation in the name of Jesus. God, we declare freedom from tormenting thoughts, freedom from addiction in this place, God. We declare freedom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we speak the name of Jesus. We command these situations to come into alignment with the word of God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, church, I believe this week God is going to give you opportunities to be his hands extended. I know this message is different. It's a reminder that you have the name of Jesus to speak. It's a reminder that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit is not idle on the inside of you. That he's active. He wants to speak through you. He wants to operate through you. He wants to come along and be the helper. What is the helper? It's giving you the gifts that you need to do the call of God in your life. It's not just on our shoulders. He wants to empower you. So it's a reminder of that this morning. And when that reminder comes, you can expect it to be woken up on the inside of you. Amen. We're going to expect to listen, expect to see God show up in big ways. So we're going to get ready to close here in just a second. But before we do that, if I know Pastor Carolyn was up here and gave everybody the opportunity and encouraged you to give your life to the Lord. But before we close the service, we do that every Sunday. If, this is your, if you've never given your life to Jesus or maybe you did at one point and you walked away with nobody leaving, we're going to, can I just have everybody's heads bowed and their eyes closed? We're going to just take a minute and give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. But the Bible is very clear that all of us have sinned and we all need a Savior. That beautiful name of Jesus, that beautiful Jesus, the blood of Jesus to save us. And so if that's you this morning, you'd like to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, maybe for the first time, or maybe you did it, but it's been a long time. We want to give you that opportunity to do that. We want to pray with you right where you are. So on the count of three, you can raise your hand. One, two, three. Go ahead and put your hand up if that's you in the room. There's a hand there. Praise God. There's one there. I'm looking slowly around. I don't want to miss anybody. I don't want to miss anybody. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. 
Church, let's pray together for this one, and maybe you're praying at home as well. But the Bible is very clear, even for the one, all of heaven rejoices. So that's very exciting. So let's all pray together. Just pray after me so they're not praying by themselves. Dear Father, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I know I've sinned and walked away from you. I ask you to forgive me. Be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Be my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You celebrate that? Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.